Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Alumni Edition, a new podcast featuring alumni from the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzz Hoon. I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast. And today I'm talking with Chuck Knight, who graduated in 2005. First of all, Chuck, uh, congratulations uh, on being the first guest from the Language and Literature Department, uh, and welcome to the show. Hi, Buzz. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Let's start where, give everybody a life update. What's going on? Where are you at? And what's going on in your life? Yeah, so uh, I am uh, married. Uh, I live in the Nashville area. I have two cat children. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah, just uh, working and I'm actually back in school. I'm uh, pursuing a graduate degree right now. Okay. And uh, you are the uh, executive director, and we're going to get into this, what what you do, but the executive director of USW Benefits, is that right? That is correct, yes. Okay. And we're going to talk about all the tools that you've got in your belt sort of along the way during your career path. But I always like to start at the very beginning and, and talk to people about things that may have influenced or shaped you into who you are along the way, because I think there are so many different things that impact a person. And And uh, let's talk a little bit about where you grew up, because uh, as you said you, um, to me, you grew up in uh, East Tennessee and also Middle Tennessee, moved around a little bit. Um, and so how do you think that those, you know, that the surroundings, the environment of growing up here sort of impacted you? Yeah, so, well, I think I have that uh, identity with being a Tennessean, you know, uh, and uh, growing up in the mountain area, especially, I think I uh, came to identify myself with being, you know, part of the Appalachian uh, mountains in that area. Um, I feel that, uh, uh, I feel like being raised in the country was a great, uh, opportunity for me. I, you know, grew up around, um, lots of farms and things Mm -hmm. like that. And my family had a farm. Um, so I feel like having an appreciation for like, uh, a rural kind of life, uh, is very much part of my upbringing. Um, and, uh, and, you know, informed who I am today. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What kind of things did you like to do as a young person growing up that did you spend time outdoors? Did you, uh, did you like to do a lot of reading? Yeah. So uh, actually both. So growing up uh, in the mountain area, I spent a lot of time outdoors. I was an only child, uh, but uh, so I spent a lot of time using my imagination outside. Okay. And then I also like to read. So I had a pretty active fantasy life on that front. And I think, I think the two kind of being outdoors and having an active imagination kind of fused together. So I was always imagining some adventure outside uh, of some sort. <laughs> and And that leads me to the next question is at some point in time, you start to um, identify where your skills are, what kind of things that make you, you know, the talents that you may have. Um, at some point, you must have realized you had this very creative personality and a creative mind, like to do um, creative thinking, critical thinking. Um, 
did that sort of come upon you at some point when you were a younger person? And how did your family react? Were they supportive or did they uh, encourage you to do a little bit more of a scientific thought? Yeah, my my family was actually very supportive. You know, uh, as a kid, one of the uh, things I often heard about is, you know, there was a, a, a minister in our family or or that our family was close with, who always said that kid has the most active imagination I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen. And so, you know, I, I guess probably around the age of eight or nine, I started writing little stories down and making little books and things like that. And I would actually try to make a book with binding and that kind of thing as, as, as I was, you know, uh, to the extent I was able to at that age, and uh, I felt like my parents were always very supportive of that and encouraged me to, you know, write and and engage with my imagination. And and uh, I'd say even my elementary school teachers would, too. I mean, uh, I took a, one of those uh, mentioned books. I took one of those to class and the teacher let me read it to the class one day. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Your first reading. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so that's uh, so as you as you age and you grow and you become uh, sort of into high school, what kind of things did you like to do? And and uh, again, what you know, uh, by then, I think you may have moved towards Middle Tennessee. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, we actually so I, I was born in the Middle Tennessee area. We yeah. lived in East Tennessee from. Uh, I was age four, and then we left when I was 14, and we came back to Middle Tennessee. And so going into high school, um, that's where I was really connecting to, like, the the family heritage of farming. My uncle had a farm, and we lived adjacent to it. So I uh, that was my first job. The first job that I earned money at was was doing farming. So I went into to high school interested in agriculture. Um, to, you know, just because of that farm influence. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was also interested in, you know, um, the arts as well. So, you know, I took ag for three years, but I also took visual arts for three years and I always liked English classes. So uh, there, there's always kind of those two components in there. Yeah, the, the, the it, it's unusual to have that sort of uh, two, two splits of the brain, I, I say that because usually people are usually very creative or they're very logical thinking. But for you to have uh, the practical side, because I'm, I'm sure that was uh, something that you saw all around you, this idea of uh, how farming was uh, and still is such a, a, a wonderful career and also a way to uh, pass along uh, sort of family heritage and culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, after high school, uh, you decide to not go immediately to college. You mm -hmm. took a year off and, and you went and worked, I think, at a was it a grocery store, Chuck? So I was uh, I was at a grocery store in high school and then I uh, I decided to apply for a job at a bank. So I spent most of that year working at a bank uh, not too far from where I grew up mm -hmm. and uh you know, uh, that was uh, that was kind of my first, I guess, business related kind of job where I was really exposed to, you know, here's people coming in and, you know, wanting to talk about financial products and that kind of thing. Um, so uh, for a while, I thought, oh, well, maybe I have a place in the in the banking world. But I still had that kind of uh, 
arts calling, you know, in the back of my head. But uh, but yeah, I was there for a year and uh, before before going to Austin P. So why Austin P. And why again the study of, of uh, language and literature? So uh, Austin P. I felt that uh, it would be a good fit for me uh, at the time. It uh, you know it wasn't that far away from home like I could get there in a couple hours but it was far enough for me to be to kind of move and be away and get get out of uh get out of like the family home and kind of experience things on my own for a bit um and uh also I liked that it was I liked the size of the university and um and there were um I felt like it could feel like a nice community um without uh being overwhelming you know there weren't 40,000 students there I think there was about maybe eight or nine thousand when I first went there yeah so it it felt like a good-sized community for for me you know and being a first-generation uh college student uh my parents didn't go to college so um I don't know I I guess it felt like a good step like my my like my first step out of out of my family origins so to speak And I, and that's what I really appreciate about Austin P is that it, it does provide many, especially first gen students, this very supportive um, environment that's not overwhelming. That is, you know, is going to help uh, set up one's career path in, in a positive direction. So what do you remember? What, you know, what were your early impressions? What do you remember from maybe your first couple of years here? Yeah, so uh, I remember all of the faculty seeming very supportive. I liked the faculty that kind of the student to faculty ratio. That was, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things that I remember reading about, but actually experiencing that and knowing like what that actually meant on a, in a real uh, practical uh, level was, was uh, good to um, good to know um, an experience. I felt like I could get to know my professors. I could seek them out with questions. They were accessible. Um, and, you know, I think that that's so important. Um, so I think um, also I formed some very important friendships, you know, those first couple of years that have lasted me, you know. Um, so I, I really feel like there were a lot of rich moments, um, hmm. especially in those first two years. So one of the things you mentioned to me that you got involved with is you wrote for the student paper. Mm-hmm. I and did. So, yeah. yeah. What did you cover and, and what did you like and, and dislike maybe about doing that? Yeah. So, um, well, I, I, uh, I wrote for the feature section. I did a lot of spotlights on people. So I would interview uh, new faculty and staff. I might interview mm-hmm. students, um, that kind of thing. Um, sometimes, uh, I might interview someone to get their thoughts about a big event in the world. So I might go seek out a philosophy professor or, yeah, um, that kind of thing. Um, I really liked that kind of writing because it, it let me, um, get to know people a little bit and, and, to um, hear about their story. Uh, and I thought that was always interesting and and fun to do. It's um, kind of like doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that was the um, 
that was a really enjoyable experience uh, for me. I didn't get into maybe the hard news kind of stuff. Um, in retrospect, it, I, that would have been a nice experience just to kind of have as a balance to the feature writing. Um, but uh, but no, I really think that that feature writing is that was really my cup of tea. You know, that's yeah. that, that's where my strengths were. I think. And, and another thing that you mentioned that you were involved with was uh, honor society. Yeah, so I was enrolled in the honors program uh, in my freshman year, and uh, that was that was a a good uh, a good experience. There was you know a certain group of students that we were all you know pretty much in the same classes together in those first two years, and um, I, I felt like that was a good opportunity to get to know people. There was. The honors dorm also where, you know, a lot of the honors uh, students lived. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like that uh, was nice. It made you feel like you had a community within the bigger community. Um, And um, it was, it was, I feel like the the curriculum in the honors program was, was really um, creative and, um, and interesting because you had team taught courses. So you had faculty from two different departments teaching a course together. So you're getting kind of multiple perspectives in the classes. And I, I, th- I think that was, uh, that was really beneficial. Yeah. And uh, one of the people that you mentioned that you took as a faculty member was Mickey Wadian. So um, I think you mentioned you took him six times, Chuck, six <laughs> yes. times. Yes, yes. Uh, that's like a whole minor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, I, I had him as part of my English major, I had him for Shakespeare, but then I was also, um, I had two minors. I, ha- I was a, I was a, a professional writing minor, and then also a classical languages minor. And so I uh, had Dr. Wadia for uh, most of those were technical writing courses. And then I also did a study abroad with him as well. So, uh, yes, I have uh, I, I have engaged with him many, many times there. <laughs> so and, you know, I try to tell people all the time, especially young people that haven't done a study abroad to consider it. How did this study abroad? I think you went to London. How mm-hmm. did that impact and help you grow as a person? Yeah, so I think that that was probably one of the uh, peak experiences at Austin P. It was an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to, to experience another culture, uh, you know, one, two, there were some uh, really uh, wonderful bonding experiences with fellow students. There were also students from other schools. So we got to meet uh, other people. Um, I think that being exposed to the the London theater culture was um, was was one of the best things about it. We went to six different productions, oh, so uh, I, I think I think that 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 was such a that experience stays with me to this day. And uh, there were a couple times over the years where Dr. Wadia asked me to to come and talk to like another class who might be considering going on the study abroad and I would always advocate for it because I just felt like it added so much to my experience. So I would highly recommend a, a study yeah. abroad. And I think that 
that doing it over um, over the winter break is a very accessible way to do it as well. You're there for for two weeks and you are getting this crash course in English theater, you know, and of course there's many other types of programs, but this particular one, uh, I, uh, I can't say enough good things about. Yeah. I'm sure growing up in, in, in Tennessee, you, you maybe never thought to yourself at some point, you're going to be going to a theater production in London. Exactly. Exactly. I remember as a kid, you know, talking to one of my aunts who, you know, the, she would say, well, I hope that you can go to college one day. And I said, I really want to, I hope I can get there, you know? So there was, so, you know, there, that, that idea of going to London and seeing, you know, a West End productions uh, wasn't part of my vocabulary. I mean, um, you know, I was, I wasn't even sure college was in my vocabulary at a young age. So uh, it's quite phenomenal that that's, you know, by junior year, that's where I was. So besides taking the minor in Dr. Wadia, um, you also <laughs> mentioned that you had, and, and I am a, a lot jealous for this um, because I only knew her a little bit, but your advisor was Dr. Jill Eichhorn. Uh, yes. And uh, what, a, what a special treat for you and uh, that sh- you had that, uh, that um, real joy to have her as your advisor. Yeah, she was uh, a wonderful uh, human being. I remember the very first day that I met her was during my freshman orientation, and I was, you know, signing up for courses. And just right off the bat, we seemed to strike a chord. And you know, um, I came in with a three ring binder of like, here's my plan, and she's <laughs> like, "You're so organized." <laughs> you know, I'd always hear that. Um, so, uh, and she's she was always very supportive you know, um, to me throughout the years and, and would tell me, um, you know, um, take time to experience college life for what it offers, you know, um, experience things outside the classroom, get involved in, um, different organizations, Mm -hmm. you know, take time to just, um, to, to kind of, to, to, to look up, and experience and take it in. And I think, I think that that was an important message to hear because sometimes we, we get so busy and so focused on just getting things done that we forget to actually experience what we're, what we're doing. And I think that's important. And and she was one of those individuals that impacts your life for years beyond your time as a college student. So again, it gets back to, you know, as you said, your memories from Austin P about this interaction and how important that those relationships um, with Dr. Wadia and, and Dr. Eichhorn were uh, for somebody like you that, you know, um, uh, you know, growing and, and becoming a, a, a person that um, any other people that you want to uh, give some shout outs to uh, while you were here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I, uh, uh, had several classes with Dr. Winters being in oh, the God. classical languages program. And then also um, his wife, Mary Winters as well. I, I had her for some courses there. And then um, in the honors program, Dr. Barnes, uh, she's Dr. Crenshaw now, I believe. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, uh, so many, so many wonderful people there. Yeah, you you talked about some uh, some great people within our college, and I and I certainly can see uh, how impactful they were. Uh, 
So uh, when you graduated in 2005, um, you were working and also volunteering, uh, you know, as you were transitioning into your first career. Talk a little bit about that and how you got your foot in the door. Yeah, so uh, after after college, I um, not too long afterward, I, I uh, made a connection with uh, one of the hospital systems in the Middle Tennessee area. I started by just volunteering there. Um, and then the volunteers, the, the, the department that actually oversees the volunteer program said, oh, we, we, we should get you a job here. <laughs> we, we think you would be great like working here. So every time there would be a potential job opening, I would have one of the, uh, one of the people in volunteer services say, Hey, there's a position you need to go apply for it. And so, um, inevitably, uh, what happened is I ended up getting two part-time positions at the hospital system. One volunteer services decided to hire me part-time. And then there was a part-time human resources position. And so, um, you know, I was, switching between the two but uh that was that was um that was a good first you know kind of post-college experience I was getting exposure to a large organization with you know 1800 employees and and how that organization works and you know how uh different departments function and I just think that that was uh that was such a lucky moment for me, I think, uh, to have made those connections and to get a job there. Cause that led me to thinking about healthcare for a little while as a career choice, but ultimately I decided not to, uh, I did work on a nursing floor, um, full time for about a year. I thought I was going to uh, maybe go back to school and become a nurse, but decided that wasn't quite, wasn't quite for me. Uh, there's certain things I really loved about it, but, uh, but uh, uh, it was, uh, it's an experience and I'm glad that I had it. Well, you know, you, you mentioned that you felt lucky, but I think that I see it from a perspective of you were, you started off by volunteering. You were making, again, connections and proving yourself and, and uh, humbling yourself in terms of I'll take this part-time job and I'll take this part-time job. I'll find a way to contribute. And mm-hmm. along the way, you kept whether you realize it or not, you're finding different things that you're putting into, I call my, my tool belt, you know, finding ways that help you grow personally, professionally, that will help you in, in another role. And as you said, you're in this rather large organization. Um, what kind of things besides, uh, you know, those relationships where you're learning to, to, you know, to help you in what you're doing now? Yeah. So, that was, you know, kind of the first real world scenario, you know, real world, so to speak, of actually doing some of the professional writing uh, work that uh, I was had prepared for. So in HR, I was asked to write a proposal um, for, um, you know, a new piece of software. And so I was and I was always putting together reports for my supervisor and things like that. And, uh, you know, it got me into um, another skill set. I, I started working with documents and doing document digital conversion from paper to digital. And uh, that kind of opened up the door to where, you know, uh, when I left the hospital, I was taking some of those skill sets with me. Um, but, 
I would say also there were, uh, that's where I really learned to navigate um, dealing with different personalities too mm-hmm. at the hospital. There were some, there, there were some very strong personalities, especially um, on the nursing, on the nursing floor. Um, and uh, you know, one of, one of the things that I've always tried to, to be is adaptable. And that was, that was my test. That was a, that was a, a trial by fire kind of test, but I learned to, um, to face it with some sense of humor and, and to, you know, just keep showing up. And uh, that, that's, that's so the best you can do. You, you talk about that in, in a, in a humorous way that there was a, I think a doctor that you said you, you determined that he had sort of a look that you did decided that you would just <laughs> steer clear of that person. <laughs> Yes, yes. He was uh, uh, kind of old school and, and had a very uh, kind of uh, gruff uh, um, <laughs> exterior. And uh, I was my first day of being trained uh, on the nursing floor. You know, part of what we did is we would go down and collect all the medical charts where he'd written orders and then take them back to the nurse's station. And uh, my uh, trainer tells me, you know, just go go in there and treat him like an old mad dog. Don't look him in the eye. Just go in, get the cart and just get out. And so that, uh, that's what I did. I only interacted as needed. And, you know, sometimes he, uh, (laughs) he was like an old mad dog and would bark at me, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I knew, I knew at the, at the end of the day, um, he was just trying to take care of patients Mm -hmm. and no matter how it came out, um, and, and, you know, even, um, even if it was a little tough, you know, just trying to figure that out and, and focus on the end game, uh, I think was important. You know, and I, and I say all those experiences that happen to us along the way, we take those sort of life experiences and sometimes we start to, um, determine how we're going to behave if we ever get in that particular situation. And I'm sure at some point in time, as an executive director, when you, at your present location, you've kind of um, thought about how you interact with people and how you're going to come off. And you probably don't. I'm sure you do not come off as a mad dog sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, yeah, that that's that's absolutely something I've thought about, you know, is, you know, how would how how do I or how did I want um, the people that I, uh, report to, how, how do I want them to treat me? And that's how Mm -hmm. I kind of, um, tried to behave in my role is to think about that. Um, and I think one important thing is that, um, most people want to be heard. And I Mm -hmm. think when you're in a leadership position, taking the time to hear people is, um, is important. And that's something that, um, that I try to do in my current role is to hear people out, even, even if I may not be able to uh, agree or grant them something that they want, you know, um, I can, I can at least say that we sat down and I tried my best to hear what their position was, you know, and to really truly understand it. So how did you move into uh, the, the new organization with the position that you have? How did that happen? Yeah, so that was actually um, networking. Um, again, um, I uh, one of the I had a friend who was a nurse who had a friend who was the 
financial director at the organization um, at the time. And um, so knowing my background, that financial director wanted to uh, recruit me uh, into uh, USW benefit funds. And, um, and what he had in mind was, you know, someone who could um, work at a number of different things. You know, we, we give you whatever work and you can figure it out and, 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 you know, uh, Mm -hmm. handle it. So um, having the document experience at the hospital uh, proved valuable because USW was also going through this conversion process. So they wanted me to be plugged into that and help coordinate that. And then, um, you know, I started working in their, in the 401k program. Uh, We administer, you know, three benefit funds, two of them being retirement funds. And um, so I started working in 401k and I was also wearing the hat of, of document conversion uh, person as well. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was uh, purely just uh, uh, knowing someone who knew someone who got to know me and, and knew my background and, and wanted to bring me on. But you continued also to put yourself out there and and take the opportunities for leadership, as you had mentioned that, um, you know, uh, you you just said, uh, I'm going to put my name out there and see what happens. And and lo and behold, somebody agreed with you. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I um, and, you know, that's actually kind of a. a theme at, 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 you know, at USW benefit funds is uh, over time, you know, at some point I asked to, uh, to do something a little different and I was able to do that, which then led me to going into a management position. And, you know, after that management, after I'd had some management experience under my belt and the uh, executive director uh, role was being vacated, I thought, why not? I'll just throw my hat in. And I had some colleagues who were encouraging as well. And so, you know, uh, I have a friend who's like, you know, you, you, there's really, there's nothing to lose from applying for any position. It, you know, <laughs> you, you don't have it currently. So just, just put yourself out there and do it, you know, uh, and see what comes of it. And I think that there's so much truth in that. So I did, and I was uh, interviewed by the designated members of the board and, um, and then, you know, a few weeks later I got, the, got the offer. So, and you are using, as you mentioned, your critical thinking, uh, tool, I'm sure quite a bit. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, benefit plans are complicated and there's a lot of, um, a lot of regulatory, uh, complications, you know, they're, they're overseen by federal regulations. And um, so there's a big compliance uh, aspect to, to benefit plans. And plus, every plan's governed by, you know, 50, 50 page or longer plan document. Mm. And um, so there's a there's a lot of reading and interpretation um, skill that goes into play there. Um, and that's something that I like doing. Uh, that English major background certainly uh, comes to bear there. Um, and, um, yeah, I, uh, I think that, uh, the ability to, to read and interpret and think critically through, uh, those kinds of documents is very important. Um, so. So as you had mentioned, uh, you're not done evolving because you're still taking classes. You're still looking for what's next around the corner. Talk, you, you mentioned, 
uh, academic librarian. Why is yeah. that interesting to you, and how do you see that as part of your future? Yeah, so I, uh, I I've always in the back of my mind since undergrad, I've thought about you know having a um, a scholarly component in my career. Um, uh, initially, I thought I would go and you know get a master's and PhD in English. Um, that was that was one of my initial goals. Um, ultimately, you know, I didn't I didn't take that path, but I still have that desire to be part of the academic community. And um, I have a cousin who is a public librarian and told me, you know, I think you'd be a great academic librarian. <laughs> so. <laughs> I took some time, I, I, you know, over the past couple of years, I've read about like what that entails and, you know, what the programs are like. And I thought, I'm going to take the plunge. And um, so I started the Master's of Science in Information Science at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville um, at the, during the spring uh, 2022 uh, semester. And uh, so I'm, um, I'm about halfway through the program at this point. And uh um, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Wow. So, yeah. And, and no fear. I tell you, Chuck, I don't know. I did. I've only known you for this podcast and I just see that that's somebody that is just enjoying his life. And, uh, and, and I can see why people here are proud of you. I think that's a, what you have done uh, since you've left is, is just continue to uh, explore all the, all the ways that you can, uh, you know, continue to take in uh, different skill sets and and use them along the way, and then and uh, very happy for your your personal and your professional growth. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. So we always like to end uh, sort of with uh, what kind of recommendations you might have for a student. Now, thinking back upon your time here and mm -hmm. and all the things that you did, I mean, obviously, um, somebody can still take all those classes with Dr. Wadia, but um, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's see what the recommendations you might have. Yeah, absolutely. I I would say, you know, um, take time to explore. You know, um, if there's if there's a course that you think sounds interesting, I'd, I'd say go for it. Um, try new things. Um, you know, I think the college years are for that type of exploration. It's, it's part of finding your path and finding who you are is, is trying things out. Um, and you never know, you might be very surprised by what you find along the way. Um, and then also too, I think relationships are very important. So, um, you know, getting to know your fellow students and making those friendships and then, um, having relation, having good relationships with your professors. I think that just, uh, builds a network for you, you know, and I can't, uh, I can't stress enough how important that is. Um, because you just, you just never know how knowing one person leads to meeting someone else. And then there's opportunities around the corner and, um, um, and, um, I think, I think too, it's important to, um, to take time to just, uh, you know, smell the roses while you're there. Take notice of where you are and what you're doing. Well said. And, uh, and I hope that uh, in the future, Chuck, next time you're on campus, we get to meet in person uh, and we can go down and see Dr. Wadi ourselves. That sounds great. 
And thanks for again for being on the podcast. And thanks to our viewers and listeners out there for checking out this podcast. We hope that you will join us again as we continue to profile some of the outstanding alumni we have in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless. Thank you.